Welcome to the Love Yourself Naked podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Glubish, and I've been working with women for over two years to help them ditch the diet mentality, find food freedom, and gain a body confidence that they never knew was possible. There is so much information out there about how to eat, how to exercise, and how to live a healthy lifestyle. My goal on the show is to help answer all your questions and provide you the tools you need to live in peace with food and love your body. So if you are ready to discover what it's like to live a life without obsession, you are in the right place. Now let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another guest episode. I'm joined today by Kiki Rosema. Kiki is a very special guest today. We've never actually met in person. This is the first time on this Zoom call that we're recording right now that we've ever even seen each other. Um, I actually came across Kiki or I was introduced to Kiki through another mutual friend and actually somebody who's been on the podcast as well, Allie Stone. And um, I've just like fallen in love with Kiki's vision and her mission and her purpose. And she's going to share all of that with us today. Um, so without diving too much into it, I'm just going to pass it right over. Kiki, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited just to share what we are up to and what's going on with women empowerment and, and what we do, because I think, you know, a lot of people don't know that these events and whatnot are out there. And so yeah, totally, totally excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So why don't you go ahead? I mean, you already kind of dropped some little nuggets and planted some seeds, but let's just start <laughs> a little bit with like who you are, a little bit of your backstory, because I think that your story and your journey to where you are now and how things have all changed for you, um, going from working kind of more of like a nine to five to being an entrepreneur is really, really interesting and insightful as well. So you just go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. <laughs> all right. You just go get a perm and I'll just be over here chit-chatting away. Um, <laughs> so I get, you know, my story is a little bit different than, than maybe somebody else's. And, and that's the thing about listening to stories on podcasts is, you know, you have a chance to say to yourself, man, I can really re resonate with what she's saying. And, and I wonder if that's something I could do. Um, I was a late bloomer. So I didn't start my teaching degree, like my teaching career until I was 29. Uh, and I moved from Ontario to Alberta at that time. And I taught junior high for 15 years and I loved it. It was really a passion and a purpose for me, uh, wanting to make a difference for other people. I've always been that way. I was always the person who found a you know, a broken winged bird on the road and would pick the bird up and try to save it and, and nurse it back to health. And, and was, you know, I sort of look at the underdog, someone who's being bullied and try to help them understand that it's not them and, and, uh, and try for them to understand their worth and show them that. And so that was really something I did as a teacher. And I left in 2010 not because I wanted to, but we were going through IVF, my husband and I, because I didn't meet him until I was 39. And uh, that is the late bloomer thing again. And um, so anyways, we were struggling to get pregnant. And so we went, we're going through IVF. It was a tough journey and uh, it was pretty stressful. And it was the first time I ever felt like maybe I was going through a depression and it was taking a toll uh, and so I had gone to my administration at the time and said, listen, you know, can I go half time next year just so that I can, 
give my all when I'm here because I'm finding this really difficult. You know, I had had uh, four miscarriages through IVF and um, it was really, really tough. And a third of my staff was pregnant and they were younger, you know, it was a younger staff. So, and at that time I was, I was 40. So um, he said that he didn't, uh, he, I was walking down the hall one day and he just said, you know what, Kiki, I don't support that. And I said, okay, well, I guess I quit then. So I literally went home and told my husband, I said, I quit today. And he goes, okay, how come? And I told him, and he said, no problem. And the thing is, I, it was, I have to do this for me and my family and, and my emotional and mental health and my physical health. And I was so, I was so disappointed, but then it sort of sat with me and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I mean, that's my purpose and that's my passion in life. How, who am I going to help? If I don't have students, what am I going to do? And so, you know, some years passed, we ended up adopting both of our sons. Uh, I became a first time mom at, at 43 and then um, a second time mom at 48. And so now my kids are uh, just turned six and 10. And in 2019, I decided to launch um, a clothing company called Smoothies Tank Tops. And I decided people are like, well, how did you go from teaching to, you know, launching your own clothing line? I really, truly didn't know anything about clothing necessarily in terms of, you know, fabrics and manufacturing, except for the fact that I'm a very tactile person. I'm one of those people that enjoys I like to hug somebody and let them know that they feel that energy. I like to feel hugged. And I wore tank tops underneath everything. I've got one on now. Uh, I just wear them under everything because I feel like I just, I feel more put together when I have one on. And I found that tank tops were falling apart. They weren't very, uh, they weren't very substantial. They were see-through. If you bent over, you know, Minnie and Mickey would fall out. And, and so I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to find a tank top. And the worst part was I hated tank tops that, that rode up and every single tank top that I owned rode up. And I'm like, there has to be a way. I mean, honest to goodness. Um, and I should, I should add that I got my master's degree in education a month before I quit. So it was like, geez, Louise, what am I going to do with this master's degree now? But I thought, you know, I'm smarter than the average bear. Certainly I can figure this out. So I started making some phone calls and I thought if I can just find myself, like if I can design a tank top that doesn't ride up. And then it, I, I sat there thinking about it and I went, there's millions of women who wear tank tops, but every single one rides up. And I thought, how can I bring my experience and my um my confidence and wanting that worthiness to shift into the business. And so our motto for Smoothies Tank Tops is for all women to be confident in who they are and what they wear. And so everything that um, I design is meant for comfort and it is meant for uh, function, but it's also, uh, it's also manufactured in Canada, which is a, a big deal to me that, you know, we have a manufacturer in Toronto and then another one in BC. So that kind of blew up. Uh, th that's been fantastic. And um, I launched two weeks after my mom suddenly passed away in, in 2019. And, and I, like a lot of people throughout the last three years, there's been a lot of 
mental clarity. And so I have heard from so many people. I just did a photo shoot for somebody the other day because I used to be a photographer too. And he was saying that, you know, he had a total mental breakdown in 2022 and he ended up leaving his wife after 18 years and all these things. And it's just the last few years have been so difficult for so many people trying to get back on their feet. And I thought, what else can I do to bring about confidence, empowerment, reassurance, uh, and increase that relationship that we have not only with ourselves, but with each other. So with Smoothies Tank Tops, we run a girls, a three-day girls empowerment camp here in Grand Prairie. And we talk about the dynamics of girl friendships, uh, you know, the bullying that goes on, the dangers of odd numbers of girls, because what tends to happen if you think about three, fives and sevens, one person always seems to be the one left out and girls can gang up on each other. And to be honest, it's, it's not even something that happens in childhood. It goes on through adulthood. I'm 54 now and I find that this happens all the time. So we have to retrain our mindsets and we have to train and teach and show our girls that we don't have to behave this way in order to be successful or to feel good about ourselves. And so we have this camp, it sells out a year in advance and we kind of outgrew it. And I thought, what else can I do in order to reach more people? Because I know that the issue of body acceptance, uh, weight issues, acceptance altogether, um, looking at another person's success and genuinely feeling happy for them and not jealous it's these things that society's brought together with women and it's disgusting. And we need to be able to look at somebody else and go, oh my gosh, you're succeeding. I am so happy for you and really mean it and not say, oh, I wish I was them. Cause if that's how you feel, go get it. You know what I mean? And so I want with my, with my uh, education and my experience, because I've done life coaching before as well, um, I want to show, not just show people, not share via listening, but I want to teach people how to get to those spots. We talk about empowerment with girls. We talk about empowerment with women. But if you go to a conference, for example, you know how like you, you, you leave that conference and you're really, really fired up and you're like, yes, I get it. This is fan freaking tastic. And then like a week later, life, life uh, picks up again and you're like, oh yeah, what conference? You know what I mean? It's like being on a holiday and you come back and you hit the ground running and you're like, oh my goodness, what holiday? And so we are doing something very, very different. It's never been done before, but I've created an event and the event is called No Girl Left Behind. And it's 300 people at each event. And in 2024, we are launching the event. So there'll be one in Grand Prairie, Alberta, one in Edmonton, Alberta, and then one in Toronto, Ontario. And it is going to be a day where the theme is relationships. I have handpicked an empowerment team of absolutely unbelievable women who I've met over the last year, year one of them. Um, and... So we are going to spend the day with moms and their daughters, their sisters, 
and it's for uh, for girls that are eight and above. What we're going to do is you'll show up in the morning and one of seven of the empowerment team is going to take you into a group and the women are going to work on the relationship they have with themselves. So we all know whether you're a mom or not, uh, lots of us have fur babies and, and uh, we are moms to those, but we're also inherently uh, nurturers, you know, uh, the, the large majority of women are. And so we take on other people's feelings, their emotions, which is called an empath. And we, we want to help others, but we don't know how to help ourselves. And we've lost that connection and relationship with ourselves and not just emotionally and mentally, but physically. And so women tend to say to themselves, oh, I can't go for a run or I can't go to yoga or I can't spend 15 minutes in the bathtub because what if somebody needs me? Mm -hmm. And we want to change the mind, the mindset of the, of women by doing activities. So I'm the keynote speaker for the event. And then somebody is going to be working with that group of women with hands-on activities that they can literally take away from like with them when they leave at the end of the day, you will be a changed person when you leave because you've got the tools, mm -hmm. you've got the physical, um, the physical reminder, and we're going to have after support. So there'll be a face a Facebook group. There's going to be, you know, if you're subscribing to the event, you'll know what's happening the next year. And we already know that 2025, we're adding two more, two to three more cities in Canada. And uh, the, the theme will be confidence. And these are things that women, you know, we don't look at any woman as being broken and she needs to be fixed. We look at women uh, as this is where you are. And this is where you want to be and we'll get you there because of the wealth of knowledge and experience that each one of our uh, empowerment team members has. And so, you know, it's it's a full day, 10 a.m. to 830 at night. We're going to end it off with a, uh, a dance. So there's and it's going to be the gamut. I mean, you know, we're not here to to sort of heal you. It's not a therapy session. It is, it's just so different from any other event that has occurred. It's not a conference. It is a day of learning, laughing, connecting. Um, and it's just going to be phenomenal. We're all so crazy excited about it. And I mean, it's 11 months away, but it's, it just, we cannot wait to present this to people because it's going to be an event that's going to be known throughout Canada here pretty soon. Um, and we're also going to be uh, doing some pretty amazing things with the proceeds, which we are just working on now. So it's it's just going to be unbelievable. Well, hearing you talk about it, I have full body chills. Like I am so excited. <laughs> I'm so inspired by you. Um, there's so many things that I want to circle back to and kind of <laughs> okay. and break down a little bit. So one of the things that you said that really resonated and hit hard is, you know, you talk about, we're not coming to say that women are broken or that they need to be fixed, which I find interesting because I would say that most women feel that about themselves. Most women feel like, and, you know, in the space that I work in, the solution that I often see women turning to is dieting. You know, something's wrong with me. I'm broken. Um, my metabolism is broken or, you know, I'm not healthy or whatever the case may be. I need to fix it. Here's a diet or yeah. um, look at me. I don't look like this 
Instagram influencer, I'm broken. I need to be fixed. Um, so that was just one of the things that stood out, but something else that was really interesting and I totally believe is an important piece of the puzzle that's missing in a lot of educational spaces is those tactical tools. And I know I've heard that for a, with a lot of the women that are in my course, um, from the last session that I ran coming out of it, they were all like, this is not what I was expecting. Like I was expecting to come in, sit in like a classroom, obviously via zoom and just hear you talk about things and share information. But it wasn't, it was every two or three slides we were stopping and there was an activity and there was a reflection that they needed oh. to take. You know, yeah, and a girl. Yeah. At the end of it, there's always action steps or homework, pieces of homework that we then follow up with the next week to say, like, did you implement these practices? Did you take the time to reflect on this? They get PDFs yeah. to download at the end that are their like their little toolkits, right? And I think yeah. that that's so important because it's great for somebody to say, well, you just have to shift your mindset. You just have to think. Oh, no. But like, how do you? That's that's yeah. not helpful. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. And we have to put uh, actions with our words. And the problem is like, you know, when you talk about uh, body image and, and going on a diet, I was, I started gaining weight when I was seven and I went on a, a crash diet of my own when I was 12 and I lost 70 pounds from May until the end of August. So what's that like three or four months? Um, and my period stopped. I was passing out. I just wasn't eating. And when I showed up to school in September, people were like, oh, my gosh, you look so good, Kiki. Do to do. And all that did was was start this lifelong. I must not be good enough because I'm fat. And yeah. what have I done wrong? I mean, like I've had weight loss surgery in Mexico. I've had the whole nine yards and it's still up and down, up and down, up and down. And I shouldn't say it's still I, I finally figured it out. Um with it was it was like an epiphany with that relationship thing which is where this event actually uh grew from we did smoothies did a body acceptance fashion show uh earlier in the spring and it was just before then and i said to myself you know what kiki would it be so awful if you actually liked your body would it be so awful to have a relationship with your body and then it was sort of like no I don't know what that feels like. I really don't know what it feels like to love my body. And then I started to, to take the steps to do that, which is what we're going to show women how to do at the event. And I thought to myself, geez, there's so much, there's so much about empowerment. There's so much about, and the word, I think the word might even be overused. The, pro the problem is, People don't know how to do it. So to hear you say that in your course, you're giving people strategies and tools, that's precisely what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Because you, that's what I mean, you're going you're gonna to leave a different person because your mind, your mindset will have shifted based on the actions that we're taking. Because what defines you is not the experiences you've had, it's how you've responded to those experiences. Yep. And you get the choice to change that at any time. You know, that puts you in the power seat of your own life. Mm -hmm. I've written two books about, about empowerment. Like one is called Kiss My Assets uh, for Women. And uh, the other one is a girl's workbook. And it's called When Being Me Doesn't Feel Like Enough. And it's sort of those things we, we talk about um, where your mind goes, you know, and, and how that has changed. And we, 
we get so used to beating ourselves up, it becomes second nature. And I was talking to someone um, not that long ago. Uh, I was subbing actually at a school and she was like, oh my gosh, you know, Kiki, you just, you look really good. Like something's about you, you know, it's just like you're glowing and stuff. I said, I'm just so excited about doing it. Like it's this no girl left behind event has kind of taken over my life and my mind just because I know it's going to change lives. It, this is how it's going to happen. And it's going to, it's going to continue to grow across the country, which makes me so thrilled. And the more women we have on board, the better it's going to be for girls and women. And it's never too late. I had a really tumultuous relationship with my own mom who passed away. And I wish that I was able to understand that she did the best she could with the information she had. Mm -hmm. And I know I spent my whole life thinking she didn't really love me. And I know she did. I know she did now. And so it's how we think of things. It's how we look at things. It's, it's our perception. And so it's not that difficult. But when I was talking to this woman the other day, she was like, uh, oh, I wish I could wear like um, a bathing suit in front of my family. And I'm like, what? And she said, well, I, ha you know, I, I don't like to wear a bathing suit and this and that. And, and I tell my girls, oh, you don't want to, it's not whaling season. I'm not going to be in a bathing suit in, in front of my kids. And I said, you say that to your girls? You say that to your girls? And she goes, well, yeah, they know I'm joking. And I go, honey, they're listening. They're listening. And they are digesting that information. And it is so toxic. You can't do that. And I said, you can't do that to yourself. She goes, I can tell other people, oh, you look fabulous. And this is what you should do. She goes, but I can't do it for myself. And I, and I said, you can, you just have to give yourself a little bit of a chance. And she kept shutting it down. And she was like, no, you don't understand. And I said, I do understand. I actually do understand. And and it's just a matter of looking at it differently. And it, 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 and it isn't like, I said, it starts with self-talk. And she goes, well, I can tell myself till I'm blue in the face that I'm not, you know, that I'm good enough and I'm this and that. But, and I said, but it's more than that. You know, I'm just saying you have to, when you catch yourself going, oh my God, I'm so fat, I can't put that on. You have to change that right then. Yeah. And it's all those things we're going to show you. Like we have a registered uh, child psychologist who's on our team and no, she's not there to, to act as a psychologist, but she does a lot of play therapy with kids. And because we're going to have, um, you know, eight-year-olds to 15-year-olds, and then the 16-year-olds will go with the women, but um, they, she'll be able to show them those kinds of tools that kind of make them think of things differently. You know, um, we'll be, once we've separated the women and the girls and they're doing their activity, we come together where they do an activity together. And of course, we're culminating that at the end with a dance. So there's just so much thinking going on and so much change and so much connection. So, I mean, if a, if a woman comes, she doesn't have to come with a daughter or a sister or mom, she can come by herself and learn how to have a positive relationship with herself. And it's an ongoing thing. I mean, if anyone out there is in um, a healthy relationship, you know that it takes work and you know that the three most important things in any relationship the number one thing is communication. Second is trust. Third is respect. And if you don't have those three things for yourself, you've got a broken down relationship. And I'll tell you right now, if you don't have a strong relationship with yourself, you cannot be there for somebody else. It just doesn't work that way. You think so. You might think so. 
by saying, I'm sacrificing my own time to be with my kids. Well, you're not giving them all of you. And that's what you want to be able to do. But you also have to learn those boundaries and, and to be able to say, you know what, unless you're bleeding from every orifice, do not bother me in the bathtub. And then if you are bleeding, call 911. Yeah. Don't come to me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Go find your dad. <laughs> yeah. Precisely. <laughs> you're so right about that though, that we treat other people so differently than we treat ourselves. And I actually made a post today about the golden rule, because I was thinking it's so interesting that the golden rule is treat other people the way you would want to be treated. Yet the way we treat ourselves, if we treated other people that way, we wouldn't have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if we talk to other people, the way that we talk to ourselves again, we wouldn't have any friends. I'm going to interrupt this episode for just a minute to invite you to start your intuitive eating journey to truly discover what it's like to live in peace with food and accept your body. Maybe you've thought about what it would be like to live without food rules, but fear that you won't be able to control yourself around pizza, cookies, ice cream. Maybe you have a desire to eat without food guilt, but fear weight gain. That is why I created my 12-week intuitive eating program, a step-by-step -step guide to help you ditch the diet mentality and embrace food freedom. Inside the program, you have access to all the tools you need to help you understand your metabolism, eat healthy, satisfying meals, and never feel the need to go on another diet again. You also have access to one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with me to help design a custom game plan specifically for you. So if you're ready, I'd love for you to join me in the fall session starting September, 2023. You can grab your spot on the waitlist at bloombodycollective.com under the services tab, food freedom course, or click the link below. Whether you've tried intuitive eating in the past or you're sick of dieting and ready to discover what it's like to have a relationship with food that isn't stressful, this program will transform your life. All right, now back to the episode. That lady that you're talking about, that experience of feeling uncomfortable wearing a bathing suit is so common. Not yeah. just that, but I had a client recently tell me she um, has been going out for dinners with some of her friends some of her kids, her son's friends, moms. So just mm -hmm. a big group of women. And, um, I just asked her how that experience has been for her. And she said, I feel pretty good. Like I, I feel okay being in public and showing up, but I won't eat in front of them because they are still very much all in the diet culture mentality. And oh. I'm scared that they're going to judge me. And oh. that's such a difficult situation because truthfully, you know, how we change that and how we feel comfortable in that situation is just challenging that and, you know, getting to a place where, where you do have something to eat and you prove to yourself that like, first of all, if these women are going to judge you for eating something, then you should probably stop hanging out with them. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I, that's what I was, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are not your friends, hon. They're totally. not your friends. And you don't have to hang out with them just because you know, your kids are friends. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And I think that that's a, I mean, there's a couple pieces to that puzzle. I think one of them is curating your environment and your friendships and getting rid of, you know, who you're following on social media, the people that you're interacting with. If the conversations are about what you're eating and your body and your appearance, like that needs to be, you got to cut that cord. But I think the second thing is that we create these stories in our heads a lot of the time. So sometimes we fear that people are going to judge us or they're going to say something or whatever the case may be. And that's not what anyone else is thinking, but we just assume that because we think that about ourselves, everyone else must be thinking it too. Yeah. And 
this is a this is an epidemic. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? This this is, is why I'm this is why we are doing this event. It's why it needs to be uh, nationwide where pe people will be talking about the no girl left behind. We don't want anyone left behind. Mm -hmm. And if these women are are um, yes, it's easy to say, yeah, I, I have to get out of there uh, for sure, for sure. I also wonder what's going on with these women that they feel that they've got to do that. And at 54, I'm like, I just, I just want to stop younger people from wasting the same kind of time that I did because yeah. life is so incredible. You feel so much lighter when you, when you truly love yourself. It's, it, it is, uh, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling to be able to let that stuff go. And you, my relationship, I always thought my relationship was really healthy with my husband. Like we're best friends and, and he's lovely and wonderful. And, but I, I'm amazed at how much better it is just because I had that internal breakthrough mm -hmm. and with my kids too, because I'm no longer beating myself up about, Oh, I've got stretch marks. I've got saggy skin. I've got this. I've got that. I, you know what I mean? It's, it's what a waste of time. And one, one thing that I, that I learned was when my mom was dying, um, like I got a call on a, on a, when, no, it was Thursday and my mom was in Nova Scotia. I'm here in Alberta. So across the country. And my dad's like, your mom's dying. And I'm like, what? Uh, this is came out of the blue. I get on an airplane. I arrive Friday morning. She dies uh 17 hours later and i was looking at her in the hospital bed she was 82 she died on her 82nd birthday and she struggled with weight her whole life too and um it was like i looked at her body and i i felt i felt her leg and i held her hand for most of the time i was there she couldn't talk the whole time i was there and i felt her face and i looked at her and i felt i, I thought about all the experiences that we had together and all the hurts and and the love too and and I thought she's wearing a diaper in this bed she can't move and but she held on until I got there that's what mattered mm. it wasn't what she looked like that's not what matters it, it was the relationship mm -hmm. like she couldn't when I phoned the hospital, I, I said, you know, to the nurse and she said, listen, she can't talk anymore, but she can still hear you. So she's like, I'll put the phone up to her ear and you tell her anything you want to tell her. And I kept telling, I phoned three or four times during all, like I had a couple of flights to get there. And I just kept saying, you know, like I'm adopted too. So I just like, thank you for choosing me to be your daughter. I'm so grateful. Please hang on. I want to hold you, you know, wait for me, please wait for me, mom. I love you. And I'm coming. And she did. That's what matters. That is what matters. And I and I want. I want. Um, you know. I, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing. But that's when when you think about all those things. You know. My brother died suddenly too, and it was like, Jesus, what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to ourselves as women? as girls and we have to stop it and we have to figure out what it is that um triggers us to behave in the way that we do and we have to stop it and we have to teach each other better we have to teach each other 
not to do that. And, and it's easy, you know, it's, it's easy if you give yourself the grace to accept those things and to say, you know what, I, I can do, I can do better. It's okay. I'm not a bad person because I've behaved this way, but I can change. And this is what we do. And the reason I have the people that I have on my team is because they've been through something. They have learned from that. And they're all professionals in their own rights in what they offer uh, women. And, and so this is what we need. You know, this is really something that we need. It's, it's, it's a wake up call. You know, you can lose something so fast and how that affects you is also something that's very personal. I mean, how I responded to four miscarriages is differently than somebody else, you know, um, and how somebody I had someone say to me, um, yeah, geez, you know, like you and your mom never got along. Like you're taking her death really hard. And I said, because I forgave her the second my dad said on the phone, your mom's dying, you know, mm -hmm. the second that happened. And I thought if I could transport myself there right now, I just wanted to hold her and tell her, you know, and it's a tough thing to talk about even. I mean, and this was a few years ago, but I miss her so much. And I, and, and it's like your kids, if you have kids and you're doing this to yourself, they're missing you. If you are in a relationship and you're doing this to yourself, your partner's missing you, you know, and it's, um, it, it's just such a waste of time and you don't have to do it. So um, show up and, and find the right events and find the right people and the right coaches and the people who get it and who can get you to where you want to be in a short amount of time. I don't, you don't need years of therapy. Uh, I, I really don't think. Yes, there's people who have gone through trauma and, and we're certainly not going to fix that trauma, but we can show you how to take um, where you were and and have a different perspective on something. You know what I mean? And uh, so I just think it's something that when we talk about, you know, we talk to sponsors and stuff like that. Um, each event requires it's all it's all sponsored. So. We talk about it with people and even men are saying, oh, my gosh, this is what a fantastic idea. You know, we really need this. And I'm, I'm glad you recognize that as a man, yeah. you know, because we do. Yeah. I think that compassion piece that you're talking about is so important. Recognizing that, you know, the mistakes that I've made or the decisions I've made or the beliefs that I've had don't define where I can go. And I think that's a big obstacle for a lot of women is that they sit in that space of, well, I've already gotten myself this far, you know, what's the point of even trying to change? Or they just continue to spiral in that space of like self-destruction. And it's like, well, you know, I'm, or that mindset of I'm not good enough. And I think if we can't find that space of compassion, it's going to be difficult to take that leap of faith into getting support, whether it is a coach going to an event, you know, whatever it may be, um, because we're just so stuck in that, in that web of shame. So compassion is such a huge part of this whole process and this whole journey. I'm curious, you talk about triggers and we can obviously recognize it's very obvious that this, whatever it all is, all of the parts of being a woman 
that we are struggling with that we're talking about is an epidemic. Like all of these things are problems. The way that we interact with each other, the way that we view ourselves, the relationships we have with ourselves. Where do you think this all comes from? How did it get so out of hand? What are some of the triggers in our society right now that are fueling the fire? Well, I think it is society in general, right? And I also think if I, I, I've spent a lot of time wondering where did this sprout from, you know? And I, I'm like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm like, you know, if you think back to the days when people were nomads and they were going from village to village trying to hunt and gather and all the rest of it, it was like people work together villages and women worked together. They did each other's laundry. They cooked for one another. And then all of a sudden, as time went on, it became, uh, you know, it was that excess of clothes. It was that excess of um, the ability to see other cultures in other places and where they were at. And all of a sudden, that competing and the comparing came in. Uh, you know, and so we we start to look as a society, we look at uh, standard achievement tests, for instance, and kids are, well, do you measure up? Mm. Do you measure up academically? Where are you on the scale? Where are you on the scale of academics? Where are you on the scale in terms of your weight, literally, mm. you know? And so are you are you good enough? That's where it comes from. Are literally, are you good enough on paper? And so uh, society, you know, when men, you joke about it, you hear men joke about it in movies and stuff where they hear about a cat fight, you know, and they get all excited and they're like, Ooh, cat fight. <laughs> and it's like, but it's true. Yeah. And <clears throat> women tend to look at each other. So um, and I was just talking about this the other day. Uh, and yesterday, in fact, um, so I was talking to two sisters and she and one of the sisters said uh, she owns a media company. And she said, um, when I feel like I have to talk to my ex-husband, I, I can be very reactive and very emotional. And I have to check. I have to give myself a little check. Am I saying what I need to say in the appropriate manner that's going to get the point across without me having to add in a whole lot of emotion right now, even though I'm annoyed? So she says, I do a, I do a self check and then I check with my sister and, and I go, and do you leave it at that? And she's like, yeah, what do you mean? And I said, okay, I'm just interested because many, many women won't just give one person a check. They have to phone up five friends and say, Hey, so this is what happened. What they're looking for is someone to be in their corner. What they're looking for is that reassurance. Yes, you did the right thing. Oh my gosh, he's such an ass. You know, uh, yeah, I, I would totally do this. And also, if it's a, if you've had a disagreement with another woman, we have to be okay with. I'm sorry to say this. Actually, I'm not sorry to say this. You got to be okay with offending somebody. You have to be okay with hurting someone's feelings. But then you have to be able to say, you know what? I recognize that I hurt your feelings, and that sure wasn't my intention. You know, you don't mean to hurt someone's feelings, but you do need to get your point and your opinion across um, and, and have your feelings validated, but you want to make sure that their feelings are validated too. And so I think women are so insecure that that's why they go, they, they make it look like um, 
oh, but I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't me. And yet what they're doing is they're spreading that whole thing, which then becomes that friend told 10 friends and that friend told 10 friends. And it becomes a, uh, it's my side against their side. It does not need to be that way. If you have a problem um, and it involves emotion, number one, don't text it to somebody. Number two, do not email it to somebody. Number three, pick up the phone and call that somebody, the person you're having that issue with, uh, or see them personally face to face and say, you know what, I'm, this is how I'm feeling about that. Like, you know, that really bothered me when you when you said that. And there's nothing wrong with putting it like that. You don't need to involve 55 people in a misunderstanding because typically that's what happens. It's misconstrued information and all of a sudden everyone's bitching about it and it's unnecessary. Men do not do this. Men kick the shit out of each other and then it's done, right? They move on. They're like, okay, let's go for a beer. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas women bring it up 20 years later and go, I remember that day when you looked at me with crossed eyes and I know you were judging me. No, yeah. you know, they weren't like, so if you go into that restaurant with people who you think are going to, you know, say something or whatever, you got to own it. I want to have a cheeseburger with fries. Thanks very much. And I'm going to enjoy every bite of it because why wouldn't I? Yeah. And, and um, you know, you can't assume that people are talking about you and you can't assume what they're thinking about you, just like they can't assume what you're thinking about them. And one thing that I've done too, when I launched Smoothies Tank Tops, I just before that we were in um, Mexico and I thought, I, I, I got to change this because I always used to wear one of those rash guard shirts that would cover my arms and and I was practically wearing a snowsuit on the beach and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like my husband weighs less than I do. And he says I'm beautiful every single day, like without fail. That's just how he sees me. He doesn't see me any any, any other way. And so um, I thought to myself, as of today, uh, I was sitting on the beach and I thought, I am going to wear what I want to wear on the beach and I'm going to feel good about it. And then I thought, I'm also never going to look at another woman and say to myself two things. One, I wish I looked like her. And two, thank God I don't look like her. Mm. I'm never going to say that in my head again. And I never have. I see, and this is, I, I'm not even joking. I see every single woman on the street, anywhere I meet as beautiful. I really do. I see the potential. I see the beauty. I see how amazing women's bodies are and what we're capable of. And when we get together and we can work together and not, be worried about, oh, when I leave this meeting, are they going to talk about me? Uh, you know, when I leave this, this, and even in the empowerment group, someone was like, oh, I'm, I'm nervous because, you know, we all live in Grand Prairie. There's going to be women who come to the event and judge. And I'm like, that's their prerogative if that's what they want to do. But people who come to the event are likely going to be focused on their own uh, growth as opposed to, Oh, what's this for? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't assume that. I said you you just can't assume that. And and you have to create you have to start creating a culture within and around yourself that does not accept that kind of behavior. And it's okay to say, you know what, I'm not talking about that. Yeah, I just it's it's just I, I don't want to hear about that or it's okay to say that. Yeah. I think a lot of women needed to hear that. A lot of women need the permission to be able to stand up for themselves and create those boundaries. So thank you so much for saying that. And thank you also 
for walking your talk. That is something I respect so much about you because there are so many people in the wellness space, in the body positivity space, the self-love space who, to be quite frank, are full of shit because they talk about it, but behind closed doors, they're not living up to that. I've seen people in person. There was this one instance in particular, and it blew my mind. This woman was talking to me about how, you know, she's this huge self-love advocate and all about like body acceptance and all of the things. And then she was with one of her girlfriends and she said, Hey, Chelsea, do you mind taking a picture for us? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So she goes over, stands with her girlfriend, turns to the side and like sucks in and was like, just a sec, I got to get the right angle. And I was like, I almost dropped the phone. I was like, are you (laughs) fucking kidding me? What did you just, what just happened? So yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate that that's the reality, but it is. And so thank you for being somebody who does walk their talk, um, and follows through on all of the, you practice what you preach really. You know, it's, it's been a journey, but you have to. Yeah. It's a weight lifted when you can do that. And to be honest, like if you can just kind of, if you don't get drawn into these things and lots of women will do this because they don't know any better yet. Mm. And so you just, I offer grace to myself. I offer grace to other women. And I really just want to put my arm around them and go, it's okay. Like we're going to get through this. And, and um, I'll tell you, it just feels so much better. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to do that for yourself? And for somebody else, you know, you know, like just to say, it's okay. You know, you don't have, I, I'm not going to take a side here. I don't want to get involved in this drama. And people say that they don't want to get involved in drama and then they do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I hate drama. And 15 minutes later, they're talking about someone else and, and, and about their situation and about how, and they jump in on it. And I, and I'll sit there and I, I'll just be watching and Finally, I'm like, you do realize that you, that that's a whole bunch of drama, right? You're like, you, you, you recognize that? Yeah. And it's like, oh, God, no, I didn't. And I said, so you can change it just by doing that. Because how do you feel about actually bitching about this? Hmm. And you get all worked up about it. Yeah. Like your heart rate literally grows, grows up. You know what I mean? You get anxious about it. And, and it doesn't feel good. It just doesn't feel good. So it's just like, mm-hmm. it is that simple. You don't have to get involved in that. And so, uh, you know, with businesses, there's so many business coaches out there. And I think universally what happens is if you're not, if you if you don't actually truly feel that way and you've just decided, oh, I think I'll be a business coach and I'll make some money and I blah, 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 blah. It's an up, A, it's an uphill battle because there's so much competition, but people will see through the crap pretty quickly and you won't have a successful business. It's not just, yeah, I want to make some money doing da, 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 da. You really have to be, you have to really walk the walk and be authentic about it because if you're not, it it just, it makes no sense whatsoever. And just, again, what a waste of time. So do something you're passionate about and purposeful uh, you know, recognize what that purpose is and, and go for it and be so excited for someone else's success. Women tend to also, men know for a fact that there's enough money in the world and there's enough space in the world for every single person who goes for it to be successful. Mm-hmm. Women don't know that. So what they do is they're like, oh yeah, good for you. Eh. And they really, they're not actually like rah, 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 
they won't share someone's post or they won't say, oh my gosh, look at this. Like she's amazing. La la la. Because because they're not in the same space. And it's like, why wouldn't you? Someone's doing a really great thing. Spread the freaking word. Yeah. It doesn't that. matter who it is. And it doesn't have to benefit you. <laughs> it benefits somebody else because why wouldn't you? And so women have to learn that there's enough space and enough money and enough whatever you want in the world for you to take a piece of that pie and run with it. You just got to know that, you know, just go do it. That's all. But oh. don't begrudge somebody else for, for doing what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like photography. Women do that in the photography business. And I, and um, I, like, I used to be a photographer and the thing that I didn't like was you would show up to a location and be like, Hey, how's it going? You know? And a, a woman photographer wouldn't even bat an eye at you. She would just totally walk in the other direction. And it's like, dude, you and I could take a picture of a door. And how you take the picture and how I take the picture are going to be two different things because we're two mm -hmm. different people. It's all good. Yeah. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter what you do. There's space for everybody. I love that. So short of women coming to one of the events next year or 2025 or any of the years that they're happening, um, do you have any tips that you can offer for women who are stuck in this space? Any tactical tools that they can take out of this episode if they're like, holy shit, this hit home and this is me and I need help, but I don't want to wait until 2024. Are there any like tools or resources that you can think of off the top of your head that could help support women in just like starting to make some changes, starting to shift their mindset around their worth? So sit quietly, literally sit quietly, shut the door, sit quietly and, and just close your eyes uh, get comfortable and ask yourself what it is that you that you're telling yourself that you don't like. Is it your personality? Is it the way you react to things? Like I used to be pretty reactive. So someone would say something, you know, oh my gosh, something about, you know, I don't know, whatever. And I would I would react right away. I needed to stop and listen and go, oh, okay, I just sit with it for a minute. But, you know, do you need to change how you're uh, the direction you're going? Are you in an unhealthy relationship with somebody else? And it can be, change can be scary, but the love that you have and the relationship you have with yourself doesn't need to be, and it, and it isn't. Give yourself that compassion that we were talking about earlier. If you saw a dog that had been hit by a car, would you stop and try to help it, right? Show the same kind of compassion that you do for other people and other things and just say, where do I, what is it that I don't like? What is it? Like, what's, what's making me so unhappy? Is it my, is it the relationship I have with myself? Is it the relationship I have with somebody else? Is this toxic? What's going on is, you know, pinpoint that first and then kind of take the next step. So if that means reaching out to you, if it means reaching out to me and that, you know, there's lots of resources out there. Um, but you know, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I mean, but look to the people that you can resonate with and reach out to them. Like if anyone wants to reach out to me, uh, reach out on the no girl left behind. We have a Facebook page. We have a, a, an Instagram account with no girl left behind event. Um, and, uh, so just, yeah, that's what I would say is to really sit and figure out what it is first. What is it that makes you so unhappy? I think that's so important. I'd like to add that 
if what you pinpoint has anything to do with your body, I'd encourage you to dig deeper because it's never about your body. It's never, it's about what your body represents. It's about what you think your body means in this world. Because for a lot of women, I, I don't want to say I can guarantee, but I think a lot of women would say, well, I'm unhappy in my skin. I don't feel comfortable in my body. And I don't want to, I don't want to take away from the fact that that is true because that is absolutely how you feel. That is your experience. Um, and so I think it's important to validate that, but also dig a little bit deeper. Why? You know, where does that come from? Who told you that the body that you're living in isn't acceptable? Who told you you should feel that way? You know, so just continue to explore that a little bit deeper if that's what you're pinpointing as what's making you unhappy or the source of your unhappiness. Because I'm sure you can also confirm that the alternative is not going to make you happy. It's not going to solve all of your problems. I think we all think that if we only looked like whatever, the idealized thin norm that we would all be happy and life's problems would all be solved. And that is also not true. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to add that, but I think that that's the absolute best place to start. I love that tip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the most important relationship you'll, you'll ever be in is the one you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, the most influential relationship and the most complicated relationship that you'll ever be in is the one you have with your mother. And so, um, because they have the most, the, the, the parent of the same sex has the most influence on that child. So, you know, if your mom told you that you, you were fat or that whatever, it's something that kind of goes through your head. You, you have to stop that. you got to learn how to go, but like, like we could be talking for the next three hours. I just feel, (laughs) I just feel like, oh my gosh. And you know, you're just kind of adding to what I'm saying, which I, I a hundred percent agree with. It's so true. What is it that brought you to that point? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be sure. I know you mentioned a couple places that people can go to find out more about No Girl Left Behind and smoothies. So I'll be sure to link all of that information in the show notes, as well as information about your books, because I think that would be super helpful for a lot of people. Oh, um, thank you. Thanks. But I would love to just wrap up with the question that I ask all of the guests on the podcast. And that is, what does self-love mean to you? And what does that look like in your life? How do you practice self-love? Well, you know what? Um, uh, yoga. Oh. Uh, yeah, I go to yin yoga. And yin yoga is, um, it's not like you're moving around tons, but you lie there and you do different stretches. And in those stretches, at first it might feel uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, you might be sore. But as you continue that practice, like if you're going several times a week kind of thing, you realize that your body starts to um, feel better in that stretch and you can move a little bit further into that stretch while you're in that stretch. It forces you to connect with your body because you have to listen to your body signals going, oh, that doesn't feel good. Or is that uncomfortable or is that painful? And so that's what I do. That's self-love. Self-love for me has been my permission. I've given myself permission to say, mom is going to yoga. Nothing is stopping me. Um, I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I'm not going to feel bad that I'm not walking the dogs. I'm not going to feel bad that Noah wants me to make him a a grilled cheese sandwich right now because no one's going to starve to death in the next hour and a half. So that is self-love. 
to me. And it's what it's really, really something that works because it quiets the mind. And it's a practice of learning how to do that. Um, and it's that real connection. So that um, th it's a constant connection when I'm in yoga. And then it's something that I feel uh, that I can practice throughout the week just in my head until I go to the to my next yoga. And it's it's allowing myself that time. And for I mean, it might mean a, you were saying, you know, oh, yeah, we'll do the podcast after my bike ride. You've committed to doing that bike ride mm -hmm. because that's what self-love is. It is it is um, it's that connection. Yeah. And that's something that I think is such an important point is making that commitment to yourself. You know, so many people say, well, I can't do this or I can't do that because I have to work or I have this other commitment, or maybe they say I intended to do this and then something else came up. And I always say, what if something else came up when you were supposed to be working or when you had a doctor's appointment, or if your kids had hockey practice, would you move mountains to make sure that you could still attend those scheduled events? So why don't you do the same for yourself? And that's something that I just live by. Like I told you, you know, I have, I have my bike that I've already scheduled this morning and that is in my schedule. And I treat that as seriously as I would treat work, a doctor's appointment, whatever it may be. Yeah. And, and this is what our, this is what we are working towards is teaching girls and women to claim their space, mm. to claim their time and do it unapologetically because that's what you deserve to do. Boom. I think that is a great place to wrap up this conversation. I think that was a, like just gold, so much gold from you, Kiki. I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful Thank for you. you for being here. I'm so inspired by you. I just, yeah, this was just such a blessing to have you here. Thank you a million times over. It has been a pleasure and we will be chatting uh, very, very soon just about working on some projects together. Yes, you bet. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you guys got value from the show, I would love for you to rate and share it. And if you have any questions about the conversation today, you can always find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chelsea Glubish. Catch you on the next one.